This is WNSP Now, live. From online to on air, the sports station presents your favorite WNSP Now shows live on air. Here are Nick and Root with the double team. Hello, Mobile. Nick Wiggins, Stephen Root, live double team for you. Sad Detroit sports fan in the building. Great to be back, Nick Wiggins. What's up, man? Man, nothing much, man. It's good to see you. It's nice to hang out with you uh, in person, IRL. Uh, I'm feeling good, man. Um, you know, here we are. Nikola Jokic, LeBron, Jason Tatum, Jimmy Butler. All the stars are left, man. But one star last night found out where he's going to be spending at least the first what five seasons guaranteed of his career oh yeah and that's victor wimbenyama oh yeah what's his do we have a nickname for him yet like the french not yet but but we will i mean all the talk about the prospect that he is a bigger prospect than lebron james you have to agree Uh, with that based on looking at don't say bigger biggest sense is is the uh phrase people you have to be able to say that just by looking at the man's body i mean Uh, or what the the definition of prospect and what he could be is off the charts he's already a professional in france i mean yeah but come on lebron was selling out uh games as a sophomore listen everything you're going to say about lebron i get it but i'm just saying we've never seen somebody in this package that can do the things he does Right, right absolutely incredible I mean, the only team to get screwed last night for the lottery was the Detroit Pistons. The most picks that you can drop is four. That's the furthest you can go down. In Detroit, they were projected number one, and now they have the fifth pick. So the worst possible night. It was them. It was the Pistons. It was Houston and San Antonio, all with a 14% chance to get that number one pick. Detroit falls to number five. Losing a chance at Scoot Henderson, at Brandon Miller. Not not great for Detroit, but that's what you're used to as a Detroit sports fan. And we're not going to spend too much time talking yes, about so it. How, it is how what do, it is. How do we feel about, so Wimbenyama, he's going to the Spurs. There's no if, ands. That's just exactly what's going to happen. So we got Greg Popovich. You know, we know what he's done with Tim Duncan. We, we saw what he's done with David Robinson. We saw what he's done with other French players like Manu, I mean, not Manu, Tony Parker. Do you think that this is the best case scenario for Wimbenyama? I think so. I don't see how you could say it wouldn't be. I mean, you get to go play for a Hall of Famer. We, you mentioned off David Robinson and Tim Duncan. I mean, yeah, absolutely. You're the next in line to be the star in San Antonio. So I don't see how you could pick any of those other teams and say that'd be a better situation than going to San Antonio. I mean, who knows how long Coach Pop may coach now. I mean, why wouldn't you want to stay? You've already got a really talented young group of guys without Wimbenyama. But now it's just the sky's the limit for this team and how quickly it could come together. Who knows? But if you're Pop, why not hang around for two, three, four more years? I mean, right. you might get four years I mean, into this and I mean, be yeah, the best get, team in the league again. Sure, that's what I'm saying. You get start to kind of creep into his prime a little bit, maybe three years from now, maybe. Uh, if he can be a, I mean, look, Zion's prime was his first year he played basketball, right? I mean... We might have actually already lived through Zion's prime, everybody, but I don't know. But, look, you and I were both saying last night when it went down that we thought it was scripted. Well. Of course, (laughs) San Antonio gets Wimbenyama. Of course, it just works out. Now, we're not saying that we don't like the script, right? Like, it's like a Steven Spielberg script, Oscar-winning script. We, Like, I like the result. 
I think it's best. Like, I didn't want Wimbenyama to go to Houston or to Detroit and just become irrelevant. No offense. Well. But the script also, it doesn't even play just to the first pick. It's the second pick. So Charlotte, which was my prediction, they'd get Wimbenyama. I thought it was just going to be him and LaMelo Ball all over my freaking Instagram. Worst team in the league, but they have the most highlights. Luckily, that didn't happen. But Charlotte gets the second pick. So they're going to take Scoot Henderson. He's pretty much a lock at two. He's legit. Uh, if it weren't for this once-in-a-lifetime generational talent, Wimbenyama, he'd be going number one, no question. He would have went number one last year, probably. Scoot Henderson... Just It just came out that Steph Curry is going to be his on-the-court mentor and his off-the-court business mentor. First time Steph's ever done that. Where is Steph's hometown, people? Charlotte. Baby. Now Scoot gets drafted to Charlotte. No, nah, I mean, there's there's a lot of things that goes into these, how it all shook out, where all the storylines are perfect, yeah. right? So I, you know, kind of tongue-in-cheek had to say it was rigged and, you know, because I'm a sad Detroit sports fan and right, used right. to getting screwed as a Detroit sports fan. That's where I was coming from. Context important there. But, you know, I'm, I'm always looking for a good conspiracy. And, uh, you know, this kind of it's a pretty good one. How right? the NBA draft lottery is done. I think it's uh, having the worst record in the league. You should not be drafting fifth overall. I think it's a broken system, but that's just uh, how the system play is. better. I know. I Y'all know. got Kate Cunningham. Be happy. You got your number one guy. That should be enough. Well, most teams don't get that. Listen, I'm going to I'm going to leave the the sad Detroit sports fan stuff and and move on. It's no one wants to hear it. It's uh not productive at all. Right. But uh Well, look, let's talk before we go to the Lakers Nuggets, which is going to be the biggest thing we talk about. Uh Brandon Miller projected to probably go third. Portland ends up with the third pick and Alabama fans, let me just tell you this. If Brandon Miller plays in Portland next year, he's not playing with Damian Lillard. Because if Portland keeps that pick and they take him, Damien's gone. Damien's ready to win now. So it's already come out that they're actually going to try and trade that pick and bring in a star. So who could that be? That could be like a Zach Levine potentially if Chicago wants to punt. Um, I don't know. I can't think of anyone else off the top of my head. Maybe a Carl Anthony Towns yeah. if they're like, look, let's go ahead and just get him out of Minnesota and do something different. But if Brandon Miller goes to Portland, he is not going to be playing with Dame. Yeah, and that's, you know, they're pretty much being very open about that already, that this is your time to appease Dame Lillard. You've had a lot of time to do it and yep. have not, so I guess they're putting everything they have into trying to get somebody, some players and, and to go along with And now they got something desirable. Yeah, I mean, so uh, what they're saying is, is true. I mean, I, I like Brandon Miller as much as anybody as a prospect, but – for who Portland is, where Dame Lillard is in his career, it's about time you do everything you can to support that man. He deserves it. This is your one shot to win. You're not the, you know, Dame Lillard doesn't come along too often, especially for Portland. So you better try to appease that man. And it has nothing to do with Brandon Miller. It's just about where they are in their timeline. So I've got no problem at all with them trying to trade that pick. Yeah. So we'll see. that. The draft goes down in June, so... Uh, that'll be interesting because, you know, big draft here, guys. Like like I said, biggest product prospect since LeBron, keyword since. But speaking of LeBron, last night, first game of the conference finals, we got a 2020 rematch on both sides, people. You all said the bubble basketball wasn't real. Well, look, they're back here playing in front of the home crowd fans to prove you guys wrong. Last night, Denver, they, I mean, it got pretty close, right? 132, 126, but... I mean, Denver was just 
doing whatever they wanted. Nikola Jokic is unstoppable. I'm, and this might be kind of ballsy to say. Say it. Nikola Jokic is probably the best player that LeBron has ever played against in the playoffs. I could see why that might make people just first reaction is to shake your head and say, how dare you say that? Yeah. Just based on a lot of the players he's played. But with every minute you watch Jokic, the more you better be respecting him. I mean, I've been one to be critical or it's taken me a while to come around to his greatness. You know, and now we have, you know, you could bring up the MVP and and did we all screw up there with the MVP? But no, it's not what the award was for. This, you know, Embiid was incredible during the regular season, um, and then he he folded. But with every minute you watch Jokic, you better be respecting him more and more because he is absolutely incredible. And it might look ridiculous when he is accomplishing what he is accomplishing, just the style of play, the speed right. of play, the the lack of athleticism. But still, I mean, you make people look ridiculous doing it your way. I mean, he's probably he's up there. You know how people. Um, said like Shaq was so unstoppable, or what was it dominant? Like he, they didn't ever say he was the best player in the league. They say he was the most dominant right. player in the league or whatever. Nikola Jokic has taken that mm. from Shaq because Jokic can get everything he wants inside just like Shaq could, but Jokic can also get 14 assists with ba- barely any tur- maybe one or two turnovers. Uh, he's gonna get 20 something rebounds. He's gonna hit three threes in your face. I mean. He has no flaws, no weaknesses. You'd think like, oh, he's really unathletic. It, it doesn't matter. You saw no, how he would yeah. just spin right past Anthony Davis, one of the best defensive players in the NBA, when healthy, defensive player of the year candidate. Nikola Jokic was just handling him. And so what did that lead to? That led to Darvin Ham making an adjustment and saying, look, AD, you're a great defender, but this guy's just unstoppable. So we're kind of wasting your body by making you try to keep up with this guy. So later on in the game, what kind of led to their comeback, they flipped Rui onto Jokic and had AD kind of just playing a little bit of a zone. Yeah, but you'd probably had to have watched this game and how that unfolded, the adjustment that Ham made, and a ton of credit to Darvin Ham. I think he has done an incredible job as head coach, but you would have to have been watching to probably understand what I'm about to say. The only, I mean, listen, a lot of people are making such a big deal about that particular adjustment of putting Rui on Jokic. Even Michael Malone, the coach of the Nuggets, has come out and said people are hyping up that move as if we've never seen that before. Right. And everybody relax, okay? We're going to have an adjustment too. And how that worked so well is how the Nuggets handled Aaron Gordon late in that game, and it was not well. Aaron Gordon was glued to the paint, glued to the baseline, and that was not pulling Anthony Davis away from the paint. So he was able to play free safety and come over and swat shots and play defense. But if you remove Aaron Gordon out of that situation and would have had a Jeff Green, a Bruce Brown yep. on the court hanging out at the three-point line, it wouldn't have worked. If you're pulling AD out of the paint, then you've got you know free range down there for Jokic to tear apart Rui or whoever you have to put on him. So it just was kind of a perfect situation of how that adjustment worked for the Lakers in the short time it did. But, I mean, more impressively to me was the Lakers won the second half, okay? And they started the game in the first half very slow, very poorly. So, it, I don't. I think you feel good for if you are the Lakers. But can, can you feel good if 
you know, all your stars basically have great games, right? You're getting 40 points from Anthony Davis, 26, 9, and 12 from LeBron. Austin Reeves gets 23 on pretty good efficiency, 5 and 9 from 3. So everyone on the Lakers played great, and Denver still thinks, well, we still won. We took we took all y'all could. Y'all did y'all's little switch. Yeah. We seen it. This is game one. Like, how, how many more rabbits can Darvin Ham pull out the hat? you know, against Denver. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a good point. I mean, there's only so many adjustments you can make with who you've got. But, I mean, if I'm the Lakers, I do feel good. First game in Denver, you come out. Yeah, you're, you're just, you cannot start that slowly in the first half because they won the second half. They look damn good doing it in the second half. And if they just would not have started out as, as horribly as they did, they win the game and steal game one on the road. So, both teams got to feel good, but yeah. you can see how this is going to be an extremely long series and extremely entertaining. Yeah, the rumor in D'Lo is going to come off the bench, maybe put yeah. Rui. D'Lo did not play good, minus 25 in that game, but we'll see. But look, tonight, that was last night. Tonight, Boston, Miami, the eight seed, the two seed. Let's see what happens. All that we'll coming right up. Yep. <laughs> Team Live is back. Nick Wiggins, Steven Root. We move over to the East. We've covered it all from NBA Draft Lottery to Game 1 of the Western Conference Finals. Let's move over. Boston and Miami. How you feeling about it, buddy? Well, I, I was really confident that Philly was going to get by Boston. And I thought Philly would really handle Miami. What's the big issues with Boston? They seem to kind of lack uh, motivation at times. Yep. Their coaching is really spotty. Joe Mazzulla looks lost a lot of the times. Mm -hmm. And what are the strengths of Miami? They're always locked in, and their coach knows exactly what the hell he's doing. Heat culture, Eric Spolstra, we trust those things. I like you have to think it'd be Boston, just talent wise, but I could totally see. Miami grinding it out. They're confident. And Jason Tatum, like, yes, he had 50 points in Game 7. But the whole rest of that series, all those other six games, dude looked very mid. Yeah, I mean, but Jalen Brown was picking up where he wasn't. I mean, they, they kind of handled the uh, whoever is. They're in need of a big performance from either one of those guys every night. So if one of them's not on, Typically, the other one will pick up the slack, and it's been Jalen Brown doing more of that. He's been the better player throughout most of these playoffs, but Tatum shows you exactly what he's what his potential is, you know, with that 50-point game. So yeah. it's it's got to come down to, I'll give you Bam out of bio, because yeah, we know who Hemi Butler is. We're right. going to rely, it's going to be him willing that team, but man, give him some help. Please, Bam out of bio. Yeah. I mean, he's well, so my, frustrating I, as a player. Yeah, I'm not a big Bam out of bio guy, you know that, but... You know, Al Horford, his advantage is that he, he can spread the floor, he can move a little bit, and that was um, difficult for Embiid. Yeah. Bam Adebayo, he's not, like, going to get just post-touches to score. He's basically like the Al Horford for Miami, except he's younger and uh, a little quicker and, and just isn't really a three-point shooter. But he can do everything defensively. Like, he, 
Alford spreading the floor isn't going to be that big of an issue for them. Yeah. So that takes away one advantage of Boston. And then you just have like two, three guys who are just willing to die on the court for Miami and chase around Tatum, Brown, Derek White, Marcus Smart, and give them hell all game. Yeah. I could see Miami sneaking it away, man. You you can definitely you have to at this point you have to trust them enough that they're going to win at least a couple games, and that is that is for sure. I mean I have that level of trust in Jimmy Butler alone to will that team to at least two wins in the series. I think both Eastern and Western Conference Finals. I like them both to go seven, um, just based on and for totally different reasons. I mean, yeah. I like Miami to grind it out and where every where Boston lacks the intensity and too often they just do not, they choose not to show up defensively. They'll drive you crazy with the talent they have. They just will not, they expect to show up and win way too often. And that is the opposite kind of team that Miami is. They're going to outwork you. And I guarantee you that there's going to be some lopsided scores in this series. Boston will blow them out one game. And then I bet you Miami does it too, just based on the inconsistency that we see from Boston. That's just my only fear is, like, the only reason Philadelphia lost to Boston was that mentality, right? You'd see uh, Harden and Embiid kind of loafing around toward the end of the game. And, uh, <laughs> sorry, I was, like, you looking at you. I was looking at you do these little signals, yeah, and sorry I got caught that. out. My bad. Be but, a pro. But uh, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. But look. <laughs> I don't know where I was going with hey, that. Hey, Michael, how about for the first time? And, you guys uh, want to take a call? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> help, like where am I going here? Somebody help. Who yeah, we got? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go to Jeremy. Jeremy, what's up? Uh, hey, uh, I just want to make a quick comment. As a diehard Celtics fan, I'll actually, I, I'd rather have played Milwaukee. Um, I'm just going to say that. I'm going to and see what y'all think about that. I mean, I don't blame you for feeling that way as a fan. I mean, I just, you really, all logic should tell you that they're going to beat Miami. But Miami is the kind of team that is a nightmare to play. Always are a nightmare to play because you know if you don't show up with 100% effort, they're going to beat you. Yep. And, and, And every weakness of Boston is the strength of Miami. Yeah. Every single weakness they have, that is where they excel in Miami. So that's scary. But when it comes to talent, I don't know, man. You got Milwaukee, like, come on, we're talking Giannis. Because, you know, look, Giannis only played, what, two and a half games against Miami? So imagine you're getting seven games of Giannis after having already played two rounds and getting to that point. Maybe that's just because you're going to feel less bad if Milwaukee beats you than if Miami beats you. That that could be it. I mean, that might be it because, you know, you expect – you feel like – as a Boston fan, I would bet you feel like you really ought to beat Miami and you're going to feel worse if they beat you exactly. because you know that's your fault for losing to them. Yeah, yeah. You lose, you, used, you lose to Giannis and the Bucks. You're like, oh, man. I mean, look at them. They got Giannis, Drew Holiday, Middleton was playing well, Brooke Lopez up for Defensive Player of the yeah. Year. I get it. But with Miami, it's like, all right, guys, we can just kind of focus up and lock in. We should handle this, you know. The talent is all the way a – is far more talent for Boston. We just know that. So that's what I mean. If you lose to Miami, it's your own doing by letting them just outwork you at everything else. And, I mean, Miami's had to rely 
probably way too much on a Kevin Love, a Kyle Lowry. These guys yes. that, that have, you know, not who you want to be relying at Just this random point. random people. Caleb Martin. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I mean, Mac Duncan Robinson, he, he rose from the dead. He's yeah. getting like 15, 18 uh, Max, every game, it Ma seems. Max Struess and Gabe Vincent are two really good players. But, I mean, come on. I mean, do we, you know, it's just one of those teams that, that kind of hurts a little more if you lose to them because they work so hard to get what right. they get. Um, yeah, because it's like, it's like what what changes can you make? Like what in the offseason you lose to Miami? You can't just be like, all right, guys, next year, can we just have a different uh, way of thinking? You yeah. know, it's like we have the talent. That's what. That's what's so so frustrating, I would imagine, for being a Celtics fan. And I, I like the Celtics. I pump them up every single year. And it's a frustrating thing when you have talent that doesn't live up to its expectation. I mean, in any sport, that is a frustrating thing to see happen. And it seems to happen a lot with Boston. But I've been down on Boston. I know you have. And I'm always trying to hype Tatum. I'm always trying to hype the Celtics. Yeah. I, I just like the Celtics. All right, so who who wins? As I said on this radio station yesterday, I'm picking both series to go seven games, and I like Boston, and I like the Lakers. The Lakers I over do. Denver. I do. I Man, they won that second half, and they're not going to start that slowly on a regular basis. I mean, if they just would have been a little better but in the first half, they would shot, not have got themselves in a hole. Every shot Denver took was wide open, it seemed. Yeah, I mean, they were hitting everything, though. I mean, they were hitting... Because they, it was, it, they were practice shots. I get it. I get it. But listen, everything was falling uh, for Denver. Denver's winning it in six. I mean, that might be the logical play here. <laughs> I'll be honest that I'm rooting that hard for the Lakers to win, too. So, but I'm I love LeBron. Everyone everyone who hears my voice knows I worship the king, <laughs> okay? But I'm a realist and I just think Nikola Jokic is the best player that LeBron has ever played against in his 20-year career in the playoffs. That's quite the statement, but I mean, look. It's facts though. It, look how easily like he's just throwing around Anthony Davis. Oh, I know. And I mean, listen, everyone today is talking about that adjustment they made, but you can immediately see how it won't work, how the counter adjustment will come in game two yes. for Denver. And, and it's nothing new. Look, the no. night the night that Embiid won the MVP over Jokic and dropped 50 on him, it's because Jokic wasn't sticking. I mean, uh, Embiid wasn't sticking Jokic. They had P.J. Tucker, mm. my guy, best role player in NBA history on him. And that led to Embiid being able to kind of float around on defense, cut off the drives, and have more energy on offense. That's what they did for Anthony Davis in that second half. But Well, maybe you don't listen to the Double Team podcast on a weekly basis. You should. We would appreciate it if you did. But if you don't, then you're not keeping score of us not having the ability to get through one single recorded show without P.J. Tucker's name coming up. I mention so. P.J. Tucker's uh, name every single day. You have, to, you do, and it's, it's something that I wait to hear. Uh, something's wrong if I don't hear P.J. Tucker's name. Everyone, I, look, if I was an NBA GM, I'm, I'm paying, <laughs> I'm giving P.J. Tucker a, a three-year, $18 million a year deal. He's worth that. It's some expensive social Tell work me that he does. Tell me every, every playoff series, every offseason, every year, P.J. Tucker is always getting to that second round, getting to that conference finals, getting to that finals. And he's always playing like 45 minutes a game. Okay. All right. All he's right. important. I know. <laughs> All hail P.J. Tucker. I mean, it'll be a, a good move for them not to start D'Angelo Russell. Hopefully he's cool in that role of coming off the bench. 
giving you eight points his plus minus was horrible so yeah you've got to i mean the defense that schroeder can provide and austin reeves and Rui, you've got to kind of ride those games and get maximize what they're giving you i mean you're not going anywhere without those guys being great and they kind of have been especially austin reeves yeah, and uh, maybe you'll get more Lonnie Walker games. Him asserting himself back see, back I into the rotation. See, I just see. I'm saying it's like we're L.A. and we're really well. We're you're relying on some things that might be a little far fetched. We're right? really relying on Lonnie Walker to just be <laughs> consistent and get us 16 uh, a night. Like what? What world well, are we living in right now? <laughs> that might. It, that's an exaggeration, but I get what you're saying. That is absolutely the truth. It looks like the Lakers are going to have to work harder all the time against Denver. Um, but hey, Lakers. Look, if, and Le- if LeBron, if LeBron beats the nuggets then he better be everyone's goat <laughs> it would be if he wins the championship or just the, the west man if he won the championship by far his most impressive championship to date i would stand by that for sure uh 73-9 warriors back uh, in 3-1 i know i know man this has been the double team live find the double team anywhere you find your podcast wnsp now great to be back in town great to see everybody new episode here. tomorrow we'll be here All right, we're out. See ya.